one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. The harrowing altercation has come to an end, but that doesn't mean that everything is resolved quite yet. Still a few things to see to before everyone can leave these ruins. Limbs are reattached, artifacts are retrieved, and directives are reshaped. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory tie up loose ends. The fight with the rival delving group in the ruins beneath Sturthal was not an easy one. You had to pull out all of your tricks and then some in order to get to the end of this interaction. And it's left you, some more than others, a little bit worse for wear. Been worse. Have you been worse, Smallrin? Um. (laughs) Smallrin, you specifically are laying on the ground with Lakra near you, your limbs having bloodlessly and woundlessly dropped from your body. Lakra is doing their best to hold one of your arms near your shoulder to try and get it to reattach, which you felt it's starting to do. You started getting that pins and needles feeling in the joint as though nerves were reconnecting. Nehemiah, you are a little bit farther into the room, having stepped back in, taking stock of everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. You see Brex still a little bit amped up, trying to get themselves to calm down and realize that the fight is over. You all had done a better job than normal, honestly, in keeping Brex under control with their emotions during the course of this fight. So they aren't completely lost to battle rage this go around, but they are trying to actively calm down. Mm-hmm. And Jory, you are a little bit into the hallway with Tana a little bit farther away from you, who is now cautiously coming back towards you who looks shaken and a little bit uneasy about the situation. You also have the egg on your back, still. Egg watch 2023. (laughs) How's the egg doing? That's a good question. Jory, do you check to see how the egg is doing? I would love to do that. My concern is high. You don't have to roll anything. Oh, okay. You're looking at the shell of an egg. Like, you take your time to look over it. It does have a small crack (gasps) after all of that. Oh, no. Not so much that it would be, like, 
worrisome, but it's kind of that like barely translucent crack that you might put the eggs back if it were like at the supermarket. You're like, eh, I don't really want that one, but it's not one that is like truly broken through the actual exterior of the shell. Is anybody good at forensics? Is this coming apart from the inside or the outside? Because that changes things drastically. Hmm. Tanak walks up now, having come fully back down the hallway. Um, that looks like it was maybe bumped up against the wall a little bit. Ugh. Okay. Okay. This was a tight space. Ugh, I'm a terrible mother. Okay. All right. All right. I don't think I realized that you were this thing's mother. I don't. You know, when you put it that way, I don't think I did either until the words came out of my mouth. So, okay, <laughs> let's tuck her back into the sack there. Okay, okay, good. Are you okay? I am not particularly used to that level of interaction. That level of interaction? Look, I was it. trying to be kind about it. <laughs> I am not used to um, seeing people die. Yes, that was an intense conversation. Uh, oh, okay, all right. Oh, Smallren. Smallren? <laughs> Smallren. I like to think that Jory realized this is happening because they're talking about people dying and Smallren didn't immediately interject with how comfortable she is with murder. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So good. good. <laughs> you hear murder, you think Smolren. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, what um what do you what do you need? <laughs> tell us what you need. As far as I can tell, if you hold my limbs against the places they're supposed to go, they begin to reattach themselves. Once I have the use of this arm, and she tries to like wiggle her fingers a little bit, she's seeing whether she's gotten you get like the pinky. Okay. It starts to like tap a little. Once I get the use of this arm back, I'll be able to participate in my own reassembly. But at the moment, I would appreciate a little help. I'll help you out there. Jory, you think you can figure out the mask situation? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is Jory, is Jory laughing or is Jory like mortified? Exactly 50 50. Mm. <laughs> Because part of us just trying to think we could go back to the fabrication room and create like a case that each has a small rim part like in it, like a chess set. You know how they and you have... just keep you just carry it around with you. <laughs> Pocket small rim. <laughs> OK. Whew. Do you say any of that out loud? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but those who know me well can read every word of that on my face. Yep. I was gonna say, I feel like Nehemiah sees it in your eyes. I yeah, no, I I, I see the uh, the process working on. It's like, mm. yep, it's like our version of the Tommy gun in a um, a violin case, the violin case, an assassin in a briefcase. Okay, yes, I'll I'll try for the mask. Lakra is already holding one of the arms against Smallrin. Nehemiah, do you choose a different limb? Do you help with that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the other arm. That way, Smallrin can join in her own reassembly. It's kind of weird picking up disembodied arm that you know belongs to mm-hmm. your friend. Friend? Are we saying friend? We'll at go this with point? friend. Yes. Friend? Okay. Compatriot. 
Well, I mean, it's been a while, but I'm not sure how small one considers the other people around her at this point. That's fair. Honestly, I think the weirdest part is that this is absolutely like, despite knowing each other for a solid year plus at this point, this is easily the most physical contact Shori and Nehemiah have ever had. Smaller than Nehemiah? Smaller, yes. I think the ultimate test is if anybody does the stop hitting yourself thing, then... I don't know. Would does that Nehemiah I, do that? I, I, whoever does, I want you to look Smallrin in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> does that? Does that like? Yes, you've crossed a line in such a way that I respect you for it. Or is it a just stop? Much the same way, I think that Nehemiah could read Jory's thoughts in her eyes. Very mm-hmm. much, if you look at Smallrin in that moment and she sees either of you thinking of doing that, basically she's going to be kind of projecting her entire CV of assassin work <laughs> through through the look she's giving you. Incredible. <sighs> so yeah, you're holding Smallrin's arm mm-hmm. up next to her body and you can start to feel it take on more life very slowly mm-hmm. as you're having it placed there. You can start feeling things twitch a little bit. Definitely sense that there is like movement and lifeblood coming through it. Sure. Jory, you head over to the panel in the center, and Tana actually joins you. She steps over Raven's body to try and get next to you and says, Okay, so what is it that you were looking for? It's like a a mask, I guess. Uh, Does it do anything specific? There's a lot of different Numenera artifacts, things that would, like, be shaped as masks. I've, I've seen quite a few. You've seen quite a few. Here or somewhere else? No, just in just in general. My brother deals in like guild work, you know, selling and trading things, and I work in the acquisition. Makes sense. It's it's an imperfection hiding mask of some kind. It, it, it smooths things out. It it purifies somebody aesthetically, I guess. Okay, let's try a few things out. And Tana starts tapping on things, pulling windows and highlighting different things. What you do notice, Jory, as Tana's kind of learning this process a little bit, you notice what Raven had been looking for. The descriptions that she had pulled up were ones that were exclusively dealing in some sort of mind control. There was something called a control spike and something called a usurper. Now, this is very interesting. What's that? Raven was looking into mind control. Does this ring any bells with you? Mm. I don't know what they were down here looking for. They just kept saying that if they completed their mission, they wouldn't have to do this kind of work for a long time. They'd be set. So somebody is looking for this, and they were to fetch it. Serratus is looking for mind control. There we are. Ah, this is not good. He's a bad sort. Like... He is the last kind of person that should be getting mind control, partially because he's so good at it without any kind of magic or whatever this is. Well, at least it doesn't seem like they found it here because, well, we kind of ended that unless... One got away. They might come back. Mm. Well, crud. Crud indeed. First thing is first. Well, let's make sure small rins limbs are good and yeah. then let's let's try for this mask and then, and then we can figure out what to do about the mind control situation. All right. How... You got feeling coming back yet? Yeah, Smallrin is kind of experimentally flexing her hands every few seconds just to see 
where she's at. You're at the point now where you can move your hands, but it still feels like leaden, as though you just did like a really intense workout and your muscles are just spent and you can't really use them Mm -hmm. as well as you would like to. So you can move them and have full control of them, but there's still clearly some connectivity that is being restored. Mm. I'm getting there. If we start working on my legs, I don't know how long it will take me to be able to walk properly. Mm. I can move my hands and my arms, but they are not at full functionality yet. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. If you start attaching the legs at this point too, it will obviously take a little bit longer because it's offset, Mm. but by the time that you guys have spent like maybe 30 minutes down here, you probably should be at functionality enough to move and walk and do most of the things you normally do. Your dexterity might be a little worse for wear for like the next day, just because this is a lot, Yeah. but this is not something that you can't like spring back from eventually. Joy, between you and Tana, you eventually are able to bring up a description of what you believe to be what Habina was looking for, this beauty mask, this artifact that will allow her to maintain a more perfect and youthful face. And you utilize the same buttons that you did previously. It gives you a cargo bay number. This time it says 98 and it disappears from the floor beneath you where it had kind of like risen up. And you assume that it is now in the room with all the alcoves. I think we've got it. Assuming that um, everything is still functioning as it should. Lakra goes up to the panel, presses a couple things. Yes, everything within this, save for the things that have been previously broken, are functioning at full capacity. Well, shall we go get it? Us more and can you stand? I think I may need a little more time, but perhaps you can take Brex with you into the next room. Don't go alone. Okay, will do. Tiana says, I will uh, stay here with Smallrin, if that's okay, mm-hmm. and I'll just yell down the hallway if anything happens. Nehemiah, do you want to go with? Yeah, absolutely. The two of you make your way down the hallway to the room with all the little doored alcoves that seem to be little areas that hold items. And there is still a large pile of broken parts around. Mm -hmm. The previous group had kind of gone through and taken a bunch of stuff, but it also seems they broke a lot of stuff. Mm. But you do look around, find the numbers, find Cargo 98, and pry it open, and there is a mask inside. It looks very much like a stereotypical plastic mask you like get at Party City, like not a whole lot of feature to it. Sure. But on the inside, there seems to be some sort of like the Dr. Scholl's gel. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Absolutely. Like that kind of material on the inside that if you touch it, feels warm. Mm-hmm. So you feel like that's probably what is going to be adhering and working with one's face. Interesting. Hey, Nehemiah, do you think if I put this on, I just turn into sort of a smooth bean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, eventually, but... I wouldn't recommend it just because, you know, we do got to give it to someone. I don't know how much juice this thing has. It's it's Mm. pretty old and... Well, I'm sure it still works. I don't know how many works it's got left in it. I know. Uh, I, I like that Nehemiah is addressing the whether or not Jory should put it on and just ignoring the smooth bean part of that comment. 
I was trying to think of something that's a mm-hmm. smooth human shaped thing that has no imperfections. It'd just be a bean. <laughs> um, the pinnacle of, <laughs> of humanity is bean. It's bean. Evidently. You'll just have to go back to the beanstalk then. Mm. <sighs> oh dear. Well, let's see. Is there anything particularly dangerous about this? I feel like anything that changes the aesthetic is always has the chance to be duplicitous, but I guess that's not our problem, is it? Nope. Hmm. Unless I put it on. No, no. Do you want to put it on? Mm, no. <laughs> I'm good. If, what happens if Brex puts it on? I, I don't rightly know. You guys think for a moment, and knowing what you do about Brex and what you saw beneath Lagam and their armor just kind of like spreading out, Brex doesn't have a physical form. True. Yeah, yeah. Brex is a hollow glaive, so is an animated and possessed student of armor. But one can still wonder, even if that, that the answer is absolutely nothing, which is likely. What about Lokra? Oh, what if we put it on Lokra? <laughs> Okay, sorry. I'm just nervous. We just killed a bunch of people <laughs> and my heart's racing and I'm uncomfortable and I'm trying to overcompensate. So, it's okay. Um, Nehemiah, uh, maybe you should let's hold Let's look at it. getting out of here, yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll pop the mask into my bag and get back to the other room. Okay. Yeah, Jory, Brex comes up and just kind of like pat, pat on mm. your shoulder. Just like, there, there. Thank you. I actually think I did need that. <laughs> and you head back into the other room. The amount of time that Brex, Jory, and DMI are in the other room is five minutes, maybe. And in that five minutes, Tana is standing awkwardly near Smallrin. So, um, you all do work like this often? Well, it's actually been a while since I killed people on this grand scale. Oh. Well, for a while, we were actually in an alternate dimension that consisted entirely of sound. So you would think I would be used to not having control over my body, but I still do find it very disconcerting. That is a lot to unpack. Okay, uh, I don't know if I want to know everything or absolutely nothing about that. That's fair. It is, as you say, a lot. Oddly enough, the idea that there are multiple dimensions and different planes of existence is not something that's completely foreign to me. I've read quite a lot about that kind of stuff, but... The rest of it is a lot. If it helps, we did manage to rescue a large group of people who were being held captive in the sound world and bring them back. Somehow that does actually uh, put a very good spin on the level of humanity I assume you have. I'm not going to pretend it was exactly my idea, but I did help. Good to know. (laughs) And under her breath, which you can hear, I offered to stay with the assassin. (laughs) Nice job. To be fair, you're one of the people that we were sent to find when we came down here, and I also don't fully have use of my limbs yet, so there are two things keeping you safe at this moment. I said the quiet part out loud, didn't I? You did. Wonderful. Okay. To be fair, Smallrin's not really helping. (laughs) And that's when Jory and Nehemiah (laughs) Mm -hmm. walk back in. I know it may be strange coming off of that conversation, but Smallrin, would you like my staff to help you walk for now? I think that would be helpful. Thank you. Here you go. You're very welcome. Between Jory's staff and your spear, you can create walking sticks. Mm-hmm. I'm like a hiker or a cross-country yeah. skier. Oh my gosh, we should get smaller in Heelys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Bridget wants Smallrin to have Heelys, 
but Smallrin <sighs> would probably look at them at first and go, why? <laughs> I think Quiet she would movement. find a great deal of utility in Healy's. <laughs> Eventually, yes, I agree. Eventually, yes, yes, but I think at first she would find them frivolous. Yes. Oh, certainly. Lakra looks at all of you, sees that you have returned. Is your mission down here done then? Seems so. Is there anything you need? I'm considering what the usefulness of blocking these tunnels off from further access might be. Mm. Wait, you're talking about the rock slide back there? I'm talking about caving in the tunnel that you entered from. Oh. Mm. I see what you mean. Would keep you safer, at least for a little it while. Would. Although, to that point, at some point, somebody would come in and see, oh, this is blocked off. I bet there's something good in here. And then they'll be all the more prepared when they get in. It's a risk, but... It is. I'm wondering if you don't mind quickly helping me out with something then, if you could help me rewrite my own directive. Of course. Right now, my purpose is to protect the facility and help those who might need it. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to maybe turn this into the shrine it was originally meant to be at least by those that created me. I know that their intention was to transfer over the mind of the late Aeon Priest to me or my predecessors, mm -hmm. but I'd like to maybe turn this into more of a pilgrimage spot, perhaps, than a place for delvers and looters. Um, what directive would you like us to change then? I think the whole of it, you know, just rewriting it instead of it from being protection mode to building mode. Maintenance. Yes. Huh. Building and maybe a little teaching. Teaching or historical remembrance. Hmm. I'd love to help. I don't have that in my skill set. Jory, Smallrin, either you think you can help them out with that? I'm better at knowing what something might be particularly like how much it might be worth than actually tinkering with things. Smallrin, you think you could suss it out? Is this something you know how to do, but are not able to yourself? Or is this something you need us to figure out for you? I know the process to make it happen, but it will involve removing the cube from the back of my neck and using it to rewrite things, then reinserting it. There will be a time where I will not be able to instruct you when it is removed. Mm. It won't take long, all told. I can show you the process ahead of time. It's just a matter of whether or not you're willing to take the time to do it. I think we have time. And honestly, the longer I can have to allow my limbs to readjust, the easier time we'll have getting out of here. If you are willing to assist me in this, I will be exceedingly grateful. We'll have to go back to the chamber with all of the tanks that were originally meant to hold bodies, the one that had the Shin Spinner colony in it. Mm. If you're willing, then let's make our way there and do quick work of this so you can see to the rest of your needs. Mm -hmm. And you head back up that way. Back in the room, there are still some Shin Spinners around, but it looks like a lot of them might be off in the rest of the ruins doing something else. Lakra goes up to the far end of the room where there is still one 
unshattered pod and explains that they will have to lay down into this. You will take the cube out and place it into, there is like a receiving chamber for it, and then use the interface to rewrite what the directive of this is, to override any kind of protective or violent actions that it has written into it. Mm. I thoroughly leave the wording of it up to you. There's not much that I can do in terms of actually controlling what it is you write in there, but I trust you enough to follow what I have asked for. And because all of this portion of things has been used and altered by Aeon Priests of this era, it is all in language and mapping and such that you thoroughly understand. This is not, although more advanced than a lot of you have necessarily worked with, it's not foreign Mm -hmm. at all. Lakra sits on the edge of the tank and turns around so someone can grab the cube. Mm-hmm. Does anyone specifically grab for it? I'll snag it. Lakra then says, you'll need to act quickly. And you take it out and they lie down and there's like a synth glass sheet mm-hmm. that kind of like covers over them laying down in the chamber. And you can see the eyes, rather than that blue, mm-hmm. go red. Mm-hmm. You put the cube into the base at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And between the three of you, you start kind of working on making sure that this is going to be what Locker asked for. Mm-hmm. Is there anything specific each of you wants to put in there other than like the general everything that was requested? Anything that you feel is necessary from a human aspect to help make this place welcome, to help make Lakra a keeper of this history and this facility. De-escalation. Okay. Jory, you write in some de-escalation techniques rather than escalation techniques. Wonderful. Removing things of intrinsic value, things that might cause Delvers to come in, I would have Lakra honestly just chuck them into the void. Okay. If it is not needed for what they want to do, it doesn't need to be in here. It's just going to be a liability. All right, so getting rid of temptation, essentially, for folks to come down yes. and loot the place. Last That's call right. for shin making. Yeah, no, I I do put a bit of a timer on that <laughs> one. Like, hey, this thing, actually, I also put in, there is a password somebody can give to override, and that password goes along with a file that we made for shins. It can be Good. used once can make a ton of shins in one go. But whoever we give this to, they can just do it the one time and then they're done. Yes. Okay. Anything from Smallrin? I think that Smallrin is going to put in basic sneaky defense information, things that Lakra can use to help deter people without directly engaging with them to turn away the Delvers and the scavengers that will probably still continue to come here until word gets around. Perfect. You all add in your bits of humanity to Lockers coding. And when you're done, the cube kind of clicks out a little bit from its holding cell. And you know that as soon as you pull it out of that, the chamber will open back up. And you will have a very little bit of time before defensive, offensive style of Lockers' personality right now will kind of like fully kick in as you see the lights are still red. 
How do you position yourself? How do you do this? How do you make this happen quickly and painlessly? I think it's just as soon as it slides open, it just cube right in. Like just okay. pop it in. Brex comes up on one side and gets ready to hold Lakra's shoulders in place so that you don't have to like fight them mm-hmm. in order to make that happen. So you pull the cube out, the chamber slides open, Brex grabs their shoulders and kind of like pulls them up a little bit. Nima, you put the cube right back in mm-hmm. and you see the lights shift again. Thank you. And you see a moment of pause where Lakra seems to be going through the new information that you included. Mm-hmm. You gave me more than I even asked for. Thank you for that. Welcome. I'm going to start seeing to my work of making this place a little less interesting. I recommend foliage because it is interesting in such a way that people will come but not steal. Mm. I will have to see what kind of foliage will grow down here. Fungi... I like the idea of Lakra just tending a little mushroom garden. It can be for meditation. You can have some of the glowy mushrooms. Lakra steps over to the door and holds their own hand up to the lights that are there. And you see lights on the tips of their fingers match the lights on the door. But then you see them go green and then blue. The same blue of Lakra's eyes. For at least a little while, all of the doors will be open to you. You won't need to open anything, unlock anything. You'll have a clear path on your way out. Thank you. Assuming, of course, Falco didn't leave anything for us. Hmm, there's that. I cannot say one way or the other if there has been anything that has been altered, but as far as what I'm able to control in this facility, your way is clear. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to episode 94 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would love to thank Xander, Justin, and Stark for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. Of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter as well. Myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.